The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. Region Cooks, every Thursday, 10 to 11, we get together with people who like to have fun in the kitchen, or, and in this case, like to have fun helping other people have fun in the kitchen. Caitlin Riley, how the heck are you? I'm good, and you? I'm, I'm well. The last time you were here officially, you weren't married, you didn't live on a farm, you didn't have favorite cows. All, everything's different now. Everything's different You look now. fabulous, so no, it must be different you. and good. Yes, yes. That's all awesome. good. When yeah. I told my husband I was going back over to this side of the state, because now we're over by Appleton, he goes, well, you can stay for a few days. So, oh, oh, that's nice. Well, I'm sure you've got lots and lots of friends who would love to have you yeah. spend an overnight. Yes, yes. That's cool. So how are things with the Wisconsin Beef Council? Things are great. Are they? We are a small but mighty force, I like to think, funded by our beef farmers and ranchers. And um, I love that there's a lot of diversity in my job. Uh, I spend some time talking to the farmers that are producing the product and offering workshops for them. And a lot of times doing stuff like this where we're talking about beef and how you can use it in the kitchen and how it can be part of your diet. So every day something different. And right. it's always well, that's a lot cool. of fun. And the Beef Council represents Milk cows and beef cows. Yes, is that correct? That is correct. Because okay. nationally, 20% of our beef supply actually comes from dairy cattle. Really? Uh, yes. Wisconsin is probably higher considering that we are America's dairy land. But our dairy cattle do provide a lot of the beef, specifically, you know, ground beef. Sure. That we use in a lot of those burgers during the summer months. And they were milk cows at one time. They were. And yes. out west or, you know, that when you... Watch TV, Yellowstone. Oh Those cows, they're not milk cows. They're beef cattle. Does that ground beef taste different than a, a, a dairy cow ground beef? Their ground beef is probably not going to be as lean as a dairy cows, but you know, so much of it likely gets ground together or, oh, you know, it? when it's packaged. Okay. Um, or I shouldn't even say that because each, there's a lot of traceability and the meat supply chain. Is and there? so it doesn't, I shouldn't say it gets ground together because you know, with the ground beef, when the animal walked off the trailer, when it was harvested, where it came from, the farm that it came from, there's so much traceability in the food supply chain. Yes, because they are so concerned about safety and well-being. So, yeah, those cows out in Colorado might be, you know, processed in different facility versus our cows here. But as far as the flavor profile, I think it, a lot of it just comes down to how it's cooked. Does it really? <laughs> no, well, that's interesting. I would not have guessed that a milk cow and a, a beef cow even grown and harvested and so forth in Wisconsin would taste the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've never really sat down and compared. I know we see a lot of things. I know I've seen this trend on Facebook where uh, people have shared pictures of ground beef in the store versus ground beef from a farmer. And they say, well, this ground beef in the store has this and this and this in it versus the beef from the farmer only has this. But there's a lot of uh, false ideas in those posts. When you're going to the store or going to the farmer, you're purchasing beef. And when you look at the ingredient list and the ingredient label, you'll see 
beef. beef. It might look different based on where it was processed, when it yep. was processed, the type. Is it ground sirloin? Is it ground chuck? Is it? Well, and I know? have tasted. I, I just assumed in many cases that it was what they were fed through their lives. I have tasted beef yeah. from this cow, from this farmer and from this farmer mm-hmm. and they taste different. Yes. And that that's true. You know, their diet plays a role in it. How yeah. you prepare it. And also the cut too. Um, you know, you compare well, ribeye, ribeye. I was rib comparing, or- yeah, yeah. I was comparing ground beef and ground beef and then a uh, top sirloin and top sirloin. Right. Cause right. I had one from each. Oh, and there I you just go. wondered. Uh, so my uh, f- couple of friends and I had uh, nachos one night with the uh, different beefs and uh, then had steak one afternoon at uh, uh, tips. I cooked them on the grill and then diced them up into little pieces so everybody could have a bunch of different bites. Oh, there you go. And they tasted different. Nobody said, ew, this one, I, they, there was absolutely, I like this one better. Mm-hmm. But no, nobody said, I don't like this one at all. Right. They're just right. different. And they were cooked right next to each other on the grill. The so. same. Oh, and I'm the sure same. their diet does play yeah, a role in that flavor profile. Right. Um, and also the tenderness. You know, you also have to look at what was the age of that animal when it was harvested. Oh. We did. Uh, we took a group called the Beef Leadership Institute through UW Madison's. Um, oh, it's a very long word, but their biologics and discovery building. Basically, the new UW Madison meat lab. Okay. And we actually had New York strips. One was from a dairy steer. So it was a Holstein steer. Mm-hmm. And one was from a dairy beef cross animal. Okay. And one was from a beef animal. So likely just a straight Angus or Hereford. Uh-huh. And we did our own personal testing of it to see which one we preferred. And then they also did what was called a shear force test. And they used that to test the tenderness of the meat. And it was really fun. Um, And most of us in the room, we really enjoyed that dairy beef cross, um, kind of that hybrid mix that was in there. That was great. But like you said, they were all phenomenal. Right. Well, and I've I've always thought too, that the tenderness of the beef was the cut Mm -hmm. and the way it was cooked, Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily the case. Well, age can be a factor as well. I never wondered, you know, when I I buy a, a, you know, a half a, a cow, and I don't ever ask how old were, because half a cow, I don't know if it all came from the same cow or whatever, from the same herd. Uh, how old were these cows? Never crossed my mind to ask that, that. I don't want a cow that's, too, you know, that's more than two <laughs> and a half years old or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't even guess. Well, you know, and because it would be like me to be all snotty and pretend <sighs> I know stuff and have the farmer tell me, well, you won't be eating beef at all. If, if, that's if your the... prerequisite is younger than two, yeah. forget it. Get out of here. Uh, but I, I never crossed my mind that age would be a thing. Yes, age can be a factor when you're looking at it. And a lot of people, too, you know, there's a lot of options when it comes to different types of beef, grass fed, grain finished. Sure. And a big reason why we have so many more lean cuts available now is because of diet how we are feeding our animals. We're feeding them better than we ever have before. We're working with animal nutritionists to do that. And one thing two people may not realize is whether it was a grass-fed or a grain-finished animal, they spent a majority of their lives eating grass, eating a forage of some type. It's just that those grain-finished animals do have the grain introduced to them. And then when it comes time, when they're getting to the end of that life cycle, they're more heavily fed that grain. Whereas of course. Okay, and why is that? Forages. So a grain finish clearly is mm-hmm. the end of that cycle. They're fed grain mm-hmm. as opposed to the other cow who eats grass all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would one group of cows uh, be fed grain at the end? 
Well, and in our farm, we incorporate that grain into their diet throughout. You know, okay, we so start it's them not off. grain finish; it's grain always. Grain always and grass. And each farm might be different with okay. how they choose to finish their animals. You know, we were dairy farmers converted to beef farmers, so we're still learning our nutrition plan and program. But uh-huh. a lot of it comes down to how the farmer prefers to have it because a grass finished animal might take longer to be finished. So that animal could, you know, maybe two and a half, three years. And I'm just speculating here. It depends on each operation. Whereas a grain finished animal would be able to be finished more quickly. And they might have a little bit more marbling. Um, Grass finished beef. Well, that's a good thing, right? Yes. If that's what you're looking for, absolutely. You look for that uh, ribeye that's got uh, lots and lots of marbling. Marbling. That's going to be the tasty piece. Right. It adds great to the flavor profile. That doesn't mean that grass finished beef doesn't have any marbling, but it tends to be a little bit leaner. Right. Right. And when you're comparing them nutritionally side by side, you know, the biggest difference, obviously there's a little bit of that leanness there. And then there's a little bit of a margin when it comes to those omega-3 fatty acids. So grass fed beef tends to have a little bit more of that, but not a significant amount. And if you're looking for those omega-3 fatty acids anyway, you're usually going to turn to to fish (laughs) (laughs) instead of beef. Sure, sure. I get it. And here, once again, here, I'm learning something. I always just thought, I never asked anybody that the cow's ready to to go to uh, market when it reaches a certain weight, not necessarily a certain years old. And, and that is it, um, you know, and weight can be tricky as well, though, because you might have animals that are taller than others. So, you know, it, a lot of it is looking at that animal and farmers have a great way of looking at them and knowing whether or not that animal is finished. Some of them on these more uh, commercial or more, maybe more precise herds do have a great way of saying, OK, once they reach that weight, yep, I'm sending them in okay. um, on the farm. Like my dad's, uh, we look at our Jersey steers that we have there that are a little bit taller than our Angus steers. And we're saying, oh, are they ready to go yet? And we don't have a way of weighing them oh, <laughs> in our farm. You don't so. have one of those big truck scales? We don't have a big truck scale. But yes, weight is an important factor, probably more so than age. You well, know, but your dad's got a lot of it. years of experience, too, so he can he eyeball, eyeball that animal and say, Yep, she's ready or he's ready yep. or not. Yep, absolutely. Ever guess wrong? Um, You know, we probably never tell because yeah. it's good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's delicious. <laughs> Nobody said this wasn't as tender or, del- or delicious as the last. Right. But it, it is interesting to me. You buy a half a cow from this farmer and then next year you buy a cow from a different farmer and notice that the ground beef or the steak tastes different. Right, right. And it never occurred to me, well, the cow's older. Actually, what first thought was, the reason it tastes different is this cow's been in the freezer since last year. This cow's been in the freezer since the day before yesterday. Yeah, the freshness of yeah. it can play a role. When it's as well. frozen, is frozen, but not really. Yeah. Huh. I'm learning stuff and we haven't even done a recipe yet. We are Cooley Region Cooking with Caitlin Riley. You recognize her voice, I am sure, because she once was a an award-winning member of the award-winning news department here at WIZM. And then somehow she met some guy who has a farm way the heck over there and thought her life with him would be better than life with us, even though we're awesome, we failed. And now she's with the Wisconsin Beef Council and happier than ever, I'm glad to say. But I'm still glad we get to play with you once in a while. Yes, yes. All right, so a little business and we will be right back. Cooley Region Cooks, Thursdays 10 to 11, we get together with people who like to have fun in the kitchen. Do you, well, and Caitlin Riley, who is uh, with the Wisconsin Beef Council, is our guest in the kitchen. 
Do you spend a lot? Of, do you get to you? I know you travel a lot. I do. do you get to be home and cook. A lot or a bunch or any? I'm very fortunate that uh, my husband does the majority of the cooking. Does he? (laughs) He's very talented. Well, that's okay. I do all the cooking and I have done all the cooking in my house, in my kitchen, ever since I got divorced. My first wife, my dad was a fabulous cook. My first wife was an excellent cook. I did the dishes because they were an excellent cook. I didn't have to. Then I got divorced and realized, man, you can only eat bologna and cheese or peanut butter and jelly so many different ways. And then it starts to get boring. Yeah. So I learned how to cook then. And I never, I've always found it fun. Yeah. So fun. And I've always done the cooking. So you don't have to, it's fortunate that you don't have to worry about it. it but I'll is. bet he loves to spend time playing in the kitchen. Yeah. So he seems to really enjoy it. His beef, all because you're a beef farm. Right. You always have beef. We pretty on, much on the plate. do beef. And uh, we also raise pigs. Or I was just going to say, so my no in-laws for raise pork pigs. Or yes, a fish yes. every now and then, once in a while. Oh, a he's chicken, an avid maybe? fisherman as well. Yeah. So, all yes. right, so you get a wide variety of protein. We do. We do. And is that important or just it works out nicely? Well, I, both, you know, we love the flavor profile protein. And we also know that most people don't get as much protein in their diet as they should. I think it's about 50 grams of protein you should be getting um, a day. And so it's it's something that helps no matter what stage of life you're at. Sure. In your adolescence, even babies, you know, you need that protein for your cognitive growth and muscle development. And then as we continue to age, keeping protein in our diet is good as well for helping us maintain our bodies and maintain that stamina to keep us active. Well, and I, you know, you always hear about the well-balanced diet. The issue that I've read over and over and over is less about the fact that you're you're eating a well-balanced diet and you're still fat or you're not losing weight. Part of the problem is you're eating a well-balanced diet for two yes. instead of just for you. Everything eating, in moderation. Right, right. And you're eating way too much, Mike. It's delicious. Sometimes you have seconds and, uh, you know, that whole thing, measure that piece of meat by the by your hand balled yes. up. That's the size of the chicken breast or the steak you should have. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Is yours bigger than that? Uh-huh. Okay, well, then don't talk to me about you're not losing weight. That's the reason. Yeah, you about more than you three should. to four ounces is yeah. the serving size. That's of tough. Beef. That is, I got to I gotta work more exercise there into my go. diet because finding a, a, a ribeye that's only a four ounce ribeye, I got to buy the ribeye, cut it in half or cut it in thirds, and then not realize that there's more ribeye in the refrigerator. Yeah. Just wait. Or just make it a cheat day. <laughs> yeah, but then my my real days would be Sunday and Monday and the rest of them would be cheat days. Yes. Because like you, like, like your husband, I love playing in the kitchen. Does he have favorite recipes that he or favorite dishes that he oh, likes to prepare? He loves using the smoker. Um, oh. And so that's great for roasts or steaks. Uh, we put those in the smoker quite a bit. But my his favorite recipe of mine that I make is just a classic lasagna. Oh, beef lasagna. Um, cool. Yes. And I don't even get too fancy. I just use cottage cheese instead of ricotta cheese or uh-huh. things like that. Any particular reason? Just the family recipe. Just, just, oh, okay. Just because. <laughs> just what grandma used to do and what mom say. does. That's what grandma yep. did. That's what I'm doing. Yep, exactly. Kind of hard, hard to argue with. Relatives. Exactly. Alive or not. Uh, that's what grandma did. You're <laughs> that's messing what up we're the doing. Yeah, that's yep. what we're doing. Yep. That's cool. Well, and I read, I ran into a person whose grandma made goulash, favorite family goulash recipe. Didn't use tomato soup, used ketchup. Oh, really? That's what I said. Oh, wow. Your fabulous, delicious goulash is made with, with a can of like stewed or, or diced tomatoes drained. So you have some picante kind of tomatoes yeah. 
But the sauce is not tomato sauce. It's ketchup. Oh, wow. Half a squirt, you know, you squirt half a bottle of ketchup. And I thought, really? No, well, no wonder your goulash is so sweet. No kidding. Really? And and the kids loved it. And if you make it any different way, you better add some sugar to it. Otherwise, yes. they're going to notice it's different. Oh, my God. How crazy is that? Yeah. That's first I've And I'm sure that. it was all convenience. Yeah. I don't have any tomato paste. Substitution. I just had, I got, yeah. I got tomatoes and I got ketchup. What do you want? Oh, my gosh. A tomato soup. What was it? A little water, a little ketchup, stirred, warmed up slowly over the oven. You got tomato soup for a college kid. <laughs> oh, come on, Courtney. You never had tomato ketchup soup when you were in college? Never. Never? Man, oh, man. Her dad gave her a much nicer food allotment than, <laughs> than my you did. Yeah. I, I had, or maybe I just ate. That's my problem. That's why I'm so lovable is because I ate my food allotment at the beginning of the month and, and didn't have any leftover at the end of the month. I don't there know. came the ketchup. All right. So is this one of your recipes that you brought over was a ground beef and pasta skillet primavera? Yes. Is this a family recipe? This is not a family recipe, okay. but I think it will be added to our family <laughs> cookbook because it's easy. Uh, it's an American Heart Association certified recipe. Oh. It incorporates ground beef. We always have ground beef in our freezer. Um, and I love it because it's a one skillet recipe. Oh, you can make it in one pot. Yes. One skillet. No worrying about That's dirtying cool. a lot of dishes. So you probably want to start with a lean ground beef, um, probably 93 or higher. If I know those are a little bit more expensive in the store. So if you do decide side to go with the cheaper version. You can always drain. I was going to say, if you, yes. if you use 80, 20, can't you just, well, and even if you're using the 93, oh yeah, you still drain off still the grease anyway, it. right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So 80, 20, you're just draining off more grease, but then before still draining it. Yeah. Yep. Heck I know people that I can't remember who it is now. Not, not, not anybody around here. I'd still be teasing them, drain off all the grease and then put some water in that pan slosh it around and drain that, that off, too. off too. So oh, wow. all the grease was gone. Oh, wow. That's yeah. I, I have heard of people rinsing their ground beef, yeah. you know, even putting in a colander or something. <laughs> yes. Plus the fact that there's a lot of delicious flavor and a little bit there of that. Is. Part of the reason a ribeye tastes so good. Is that, yeah, that delicious fat marbling. That's too much trimming. Yes. Yes. All right. So ground beef. So you have your ground beef. Yeah. Brown it, drain off the fat, and then look for some low sodium beef broth because this is one of those heart healthy recipes. Sure, sure. So put that in there. No salt added, diced tomatoes. Um, and this is also a great way of sneaking, not even sneaking because they're very visible, but getting mm-hmm. vegetables into kiddos. Oh, um, sure. Because it's just zucchini or summer squash, you know, uh, in these warmer months, we might have some of that in our garden. Otherwise, go to your local grocery store and some Italian seasoning in there. Um, and the reason why I point out the getting vegetables to your kiddos, we did this recipe as a sampling at Farm Technology Days. And we had parents come up and we had a yellow summer squash and zucchini in there. And right away, they saw those colorful vegetables. They turned to their kids and said, you're not going to like it. And the, oh, I, I know one of the worst really? things to say Jeez, right away. Mom, yes. And they kept coming back for seconds. Really? These kids did. So cool. this is, I would say that this is a kid approved recipe. It's a Caitlin approved recipe because it's easy and in a single yeah. skillet. And one, yeah, great. there's one pot to clean. Right. If your husband does the cooking, do you do the cleaning? I try to. Sometimes he beats me to the dishes. I usually, oh. if there's like one fork left, then I'll go okay. over and say, I'll wash the dishes. Jeez, you got an easy slide at your do. house. Boy, I boy. do. Well, we've only been married for four months. So we'll, oh. well, there you go. He hasn't quite figured out his deal yet. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. That's, that's pretty funny. I know, Kayla, and that, that's, she's got that sweet deal. Courtney, how long was it before your husband figured out, I got to do more than just do the cook. I better do some, I better pony up with some of this dishwashing too, or I'm going to be in trouble. 
we were still dating when he figured that out. Oh, really? Well, you put the meat right to him, didn't you? Still dating. We're not even married yet, pal. You better tow some more. You tow some more weight around. She here. found a good guy. I guess so. Easy peasy. I don't want to say that. He's bigger than me. So. <laughs> you know the old saying: you don't have to be faster than a lion. You just have to be faster than the slowest guy that the lion is chasing. Yes. Yeah, that would be me. Not uh, not this. I would end up being the slowest guy. All right, enough of that. Uh, uh, is that the end? Oh, that recipe, that, yeah. Really, you're Quick right. That and easy. is super easy. I found, and how often are you able to work with, I don't know, the Vegetable Council of Wisconsin and for recipes like this that are beef and vegetables and kid approved? Because uh, when I work with friends up in Holman, for instance, they have a really nice uh, garden that the kids grow all the oh, food and then it ends up on the, the plates in lunch meals uh, for the kids. Yeah. And in many cases, the fourth, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade kids grew the vegetables that you're eating now. And they'll take some of that home and say, mom, we're having green beans for dinner. Yeah. What? Yeah. I grew these. As soon as they've got a little sweat equity in that vegetable, it tastes a lot different if you helped grow it from a seed. Yes. That's awesome. I really like that part because boy, I spent way too much time when my kids were little putting their delicious vegetables, important vegetables in a blender to hide them before I put them in with the rest of the meal. Spaghetti sauce that, how come our spaghetti sauce looks a little darker, dad? Got a bunch of vegetables in it. Cut it out. Eat your spaghetti. All right. We're Cooley Region Cooking. Caitlin Riley from the Wisconsin Beef Council. We'll make this, make sure you understand how heart healthy the meal can be when we come back. Region Cooks, Thursdays, 10 to 11. People who like to have fun in the kitchen. Oh, you know what? I haven't schmoozed anybody. If you're listening and think, oh, I could do that. I'd love to spend an hour with Hayes giggling about heart healthy or something delicious. Or I heard him do some vegetarian recipes a while ago and I've got some good ones. And if I would love to spend an hour with you, in particular, if you cook things for your family that A, no one died and B, are different than all the recipes you've heard from all the other guests we've had on. I'd love to have you on because broadening everybody's ability in the kitchen is hugely important. I've told you the story about the guy who told me at a football, had a Packer party. These are the best burgers I've ever had. What's the deal? They're venison. Oh, he set it down. Wouldn't eat the rest. I don't, I don't eat venison. I don't like it. You just told me these are the best burgers, you know, like that. So those people drive me crazy. So it's yeah. my goal to figure out a way to make whatever you don't like that you've never even tasted before something you might like. Right. And if you're a person that's like that, lady or gentleman, get in touch with me, Mike at WIZMnews.com, and we'll figure out a way. We'll find a Thursday that works for us. I love the first credential, though. Never. No one no died. died. <laughs> no one died. Yeah. You know, no one complains. I have my my mother, who is a great cook. We learned as full grown adults, we found out she hate to cook. She didn't, she wasn't bad at it. She was a great cook. She just didn't like to cook and only did it early. And when my dad was a salesperson, he was always a salesperson, but early on he did a lot of traveling. And then when he moved higher up the ladder, he was the boss and everybody else traveled. So he took over the kitchen responsibilities, much to my mother's happy joy because she didn't like to cook. Although when she had to, she was really good at it and we joke all the time. Mom, what are we having? What did you make in the kitchen? I made reservations. The chicken and pizza will be here in about 40 minutes. She didn't cook anything. She didn't ever cook. She didn't like to cook. So I don't know. I, I do. I 
Can you tell? <laughs> I, I like to cook, playing in the kitchen and experimenting with different seasonings, so forth. I've done, I've met people at the grocery store in the aisle who have walked up and said, are you Mike Hayes? <laughs> I don't know. Are you mad? No, no, I'm not mad. Why, why do you think I might be Mike Hayes? Because you've been standing here for, oh, I don't know, seven minutes and you haven't grabbed anything yet. So what are you looking for? And I would giggle and say, well, I'm looking for one of these spices to jump off the shelf and grab me by the tongue and say, take me home. I'm delicious because I don't need any of these flavors. But one of these, you know, they're McCormick's and there's a whole bunch of different combo uh, spices that really taste good and will spice up something else. I tell that story all the time that pleasing has a Greek seasoning. It's delicious. I've never cooked anything Greek in my house ever. And I've bought Greek seasoning many times over the years because it's a really delicious spice. I don't know. I just shake it on a pork chop. Somebody huh. says, wow, this is the best pork chop I ever ate. Well, it's, in the, it's the pork chop and it's the weird seasoning that I put on it that no one else would think of because I try to push that envelope a little bit. Sometimes it works more times than not. It works. Does your husband do that? Oh, yeah. He loves it, but he's never experimented and had it go wrong. Um, there's only been one dish that he made for <laughs> that me. That you're aware of. Anyway. That I'm aware of. Yeah. So there's only been one dish that he made for me um, that I didn't like. And I tried choking it down, but he oh. accidentally used expired milk and oatmeal. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, I that's didn't bad. Know. Really hard oh, to hide the expired it milk. It was hard. Yeah. Um, so that was the only time. And he was frustrated that I didn't tell him. His big thing is honesty. If sure. you don't like something, say it. Otherwise, right. I'm going to make it I'm again. Gonna, oh, there you go. I'm going to make this again if you don't tell me you didn't like it. Right. And I, around my house, uh, for whatever reason, the term, well, it's not my favorite, is the not-so-secret code anymore for, and so if you don't want to ever make this again, okay, yeah. oh, or God. do it differently, you know, I, the combo, trying to hide a made ravioli. I made a, a tortellini soup, and I had some some spinach ravioli left over from a, a really, really good Italian deli in, in uh, Madison. So I put some spinach ravioli in there. You can't see the spinach until you bite it. Yeah. And he, he was, Elliot's eating, eating, eating. What's this? It's ravioli. It's a different shape. Well, the round ones are tortellinis and the square ones are raviolis. Oh, okay. Grandpa makes raviolis. Yep. What's he put in his? I don't know. We make something up because he didn't know. He'd have a bite. What's that in there? It's spinach. Oh, done. I don't like spinach. Well, you, your bowl is almost empty. Uh-huh. Don't make that ever again. Oh, my God. Because he doesn't like spinach because, you know, grandpa doesn't like spinach. So neither do I. But he ate half the bowl before he found out what the ingredients it had spinach were. spinach in it. Right. And I, so I don't tell people. Sometimes I don't tell you what it's in. Right. What's in it. Till you're done eating and then I'll tell you. Yes. Yes. Unless, you, unless I think you might be allergic. Yeah. Then, uh, but for the most part, if somebody was allergic, they'd say, so I'm allergic to peanuts. Any of this stuff have peanuts? Nope. A lot of venison. <laughs> Help yourself. Go for it. All right. So what makes it a heart healthy was the amount of salt and the amount of fat. Fat in it. Does it count? I know that, you you know, so the amount of fat is use 93% as opposed to 80-20. Mm -hmm. But do they count if you used 80-20 and drained all the fat off? That is that definitely a factor count? into it. It is. Yep. Okay. So that would help, help get back it. in the good graces 
of the Heart Association if they right. knew you were draining your 80-20. And even if you're not using ground beef and maybe you're worried about your steaks and things like that, even just trimming some of that visible fat is sure. a great way of helping make it more of a heart uh, or at least a cut of meat that can be part of a heart healthy diet. Right. Well, and I read a long time ago, trim it off after you've cooked the piece mm-hmm. of meat, not before, because that fat will put flavor into the meat, but not fat into right. the meat, Right. which I didn't know. I, I just figured, well, there's fat attached. It's going to inch its way into that beef somehow. No, nope, not really. It just adds some of that flavor. Right. Well, and research has shown that a lot of that fat in beef is actually monosaturated fat, which is the same fat found in olive oil. Uh-huh. That a lot the of good for are you pleased. fat. Yes, yes. And so there's I know there's quite a few misconceptions about beef and its role in a heart healthy diet, but when you really break down the cuts that are available out there and the types of fat that are in it, it can be part of that. Especially we talked earlier about portion control, pairing uh-huh. it with exercise. Well, we have to skip vegetables. over that part. We don't have any more time today, do we? <laughs> yeah, that's my problem. I eat a I eat a heart healthy burger and then I eat another one. Yes. Because they're so good. They are. I do. I love them. Uh, and that's that's my problem. You made, an, I want to share another recipe uh, because we have time. We have time, right? Uh, uh, the beef crostini with Parmesan crisps and balsamic drizzle. The balsamic, did you use balsamic cream? I didn't even look at the recipe. I, I cheated and bought the balsamic glaze right from right, the store. That's what, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. I didn't mean, did you make your own? Oh, yes. There is a forever. recipe for that in there, oh, but sure. I, I just and, got and from the I, store. I've seen that recipe before because I thought, well, I have time. No, no, it takes all day. Yeah. And you boil down 100 gallons of liquid to uh, two ounces of balsamic lace, or you just buy it at the store. Right. Already done. It's a little expensive, but you don't have to use very much. No. That balsamic glaze is so, so good. It what is. you remember the first time you ever used it? Honestly, probably a couple of weeks ago when I really, <laughs> really, recipe, I'd never really no had this. Yes, we um, were having an event. Actually, it was at a pulmonary and cardiac health center in Wisconsin. And they invited us to come to sample some of these recipes because they are American Heart Association sure. certified to their patients. And that was one of them that we had sampled. Wow. And I think that was the first time that I'd ever tried it or used it. And wow. now I'm hooked. Oh, yeah. All right. So here's a fast one. That's only a few sentences long, a recipe. Okay. Uh, do you, uh, only, but only if you like asparagus. Oh, I love asparagus. Right, we grow so a lot of it. Trim, a, trim the bottoms off. Prepare the asparagus so that it's ready for you to cook. On a cookie sheet, In the uh, broil it for a few minutes, then roll it around so it broils on the other side. Yeah. So that's not all the way cooked yet. Then take it out and drizzle it with balsamic oh. glaze from top to bottom. Yeah. Back in, finish cooking, which only takes a couple of minutes under a broiler, then pull it back out. Sprinkle Parmesan cheese, Parmigiano oh Reggiano gosh. for me. Uh, sprinkle that on back in the broiler till it's melted. Serve that. Oh my gosh. That's all there is to it. There's asparagus, balsamic glaze, Parmesan cheese. Oh baby. And you're done. Yeah. Really, really good. So being careful to be a heart healthy meal doesn't mean eliminating all the stuff that's tasty. No, it doesn't. And we're having more options than ever before when it comes to finding that lean beef in the grocery store because our farmers are feeding their cattle better than ever before. Our nutritionists are doing a great job making sure those livestock, when I say nutritionists, people always think people, but right. our livestock have nutritionists, make sure they're getting that diet. They're out walking. That's so funny. I'm sorry. Grazing. We have to do that again slowly. The nutritionists that you have on the farm 
For the cows. For the cows. The cows have consultations with the nutritionists. Yes, yes. I'm not eating enough grain. I'm eating too much grass from that pasture over there. It, it really is important. And I assume they take samples to yep, make sure that do. this cow has got the right amount of fat on him, her. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then that report goes to the farmer, goes to your dad, who then moves these cows to a different uh, field because they're eating too much of this, which is fattening. And over here is a better mix. Is that is and, get some, and that sounds really simple, but is that and can also depend. You know, can add some supplements, whether it's mineral. Um, they sure. can work with their local feed dealer. Maybe they want vitamins. A, yes, <laughs> vitamins, yes, vitamins and minerals cows. for cows, and you know, change out what they're feeding them as far as the forages sure. and the grains. And you have to hide the uh, vitamins in peanut butter or something to get the cow to eat. <laughs> you always have to make sure you mix it up well. That's why a lot of farmers have those uh, giant blenders, TMR mixers, oh, sure, sure. because then every bite that the cow takes is the same. Uh, otherwise, oh. they will pick out what they like. Will they really? They will. They're just Sneaky like kids. Sneaky cows. We're Cooley Region cooking. We are going to, when we come back, I promise, right to the beef crostini with Parmesan crisp and balsamic drizzle, because wow, they are so good. Cooley Region cooking with Caitlin Riley. We'll be right back. Cooley Region cooks Thursdays, 10 to 11. I'm Mike Hayes. Courtney's the big cheese and the boss. She's really in charge. The behind the scenes boss. She gives me the flying fingers and I do exactly what she tells me. And my guest in the studio is Caitlin Riley with the Wisconsin Beef Council. Uh, you may recognize her voice because she was a member of our award-winning news department for a while. And we miss you. Oh, uh, but I'm glad you're happy. You Thank know? you. I miss it here too, though. I don't think you've though. stopped smiling since we came to the studio. So that's good. You're happy in your job with the Beef Council. Yes, it's great. And I'm very spoiled. Does it, does it help or which came first? A loving husband who's with his dad, owns a cattle ranch, or I got this job with the Beef Council, and then I met this cute single guy at a meeting. The guy came first did, before the job. Did it? But it did. That's yes, interesting. Okay, yes. I'm just always fun to know how that all worked out. Well, yeah. I'm glad it did work out. So you can go home and talk business, and he thinks you're talking about business on the farm, and you're actually talking about business you did at the office. Right, right. It's a win-win. I guess. All right, got to do this recipe because this one of the two you brought in, this one was an absolute favorite. Oh, awesome. Oh, so good. Beef crostini with Parmesan crisps and balsamic drizzle. And this was, like I said, another easy one, just that white bread, the top sirloin, use a cheese spread you find in the grocery store and mm -hmm. put it on there. Some arugula leaves for a little garnish. Okay. So did you buy the, the bread you bought? Yes. Was just regular bread that you hit with a rolling pin or? I Yep. So I bought just regular white bread. I cut the crust off uh -huh. and then cut it in half and broiled it to get it a little bit crispy. Little crispy. Okay. Yep. Yep. And just some thin. So try to buy the thinner White bread. Okay. And yeah. I'm so Italian bread or just regular? Just regular plain white, old white bread. bread. Plain old white bread. Huh. Yeah. And so the flavor profile would, I guess, change with every different kind of bread. Right. You yeah. choose to use. Yeah. I wonder whether, you know, an Asiago cheddar bread. Oh, my goodness. Something I'm thinking right away about adding more flavors without yeah. adding more work. Yes. You know? Yes. To so it. you carve up the bread into little triangular shapes. Mm -hmm. And you said you spread cheese on top. Yep. So I toasted it first. Uh -huh. And then it's one of those cheese spreads that I found mine kind of by the deli area where uh -huh. they have their specialty cheeses. Uh -huh. And so I grabbed. What kind was like, it? What kind of cheese? It was a garlic and herb, I think, oh, kind of. And okay. it was blended together. Yep. In one of those little tubs. Sure. And so I spread that on there and just put the top sirloin right on top. 
with that arugula and the balsamic glaze. And I cut the steaks thin, you know, so yep. that they fit on top of those. Yep. And the the, the uh, top sirloin just broiled to medium. Yeah. Rare, even medium rare. Mm-hmm. I like mine. How many people do you run into still that want their steak cooked till it's brown? Uh, my dad. <laughs> really? Your dad? He wants it cooked beef, and then some. A cattle man oh, yes. wants, his, wants his steak brown all the way through. Oh, yes. He likes really? it done, done, done. I am. I am surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I really am. Everyone's got their own preferences. Oh, and I totally yeah, get that. But and yeah. no, I'm not going to tell the story about the five diamond restaurant in the Dells that changed the way I eat steak. Oh, my God. Because I've told that story before. And apparently <laughs> I get yelled at by my, my per- radio wife, cheese. Courtney, who says, oh, you've told that gosh. story a lot. Hey, stop telling that story. Well, because that's the way medium rare. I mean, medium right. well. Yeah. I wanted it. I didn't want a black. Yeah. But I wanted, I don't want any blood. Right. Well, and a lot of people uh, don't realize that their steaks will continue cooking for a little bit after you remove it from the heat. So if you want a good medium steak, 145 degrees, you want to cook it until it reaches about 135 on the grill or so, remove yep. it, tent it with foil, and then those juices will return back into those muscle fibers. Right. Don't cut it or anything. Right. Just let, just it, let, sit let and rest. it soak. And it's not actually blood. That's a oh, protein. I that oh, yeah. I knew that. Part. Yeah. Yeah. There's a protein, but it does look like. Like it, yep. Right. Like red juices. But yeah, if you just I know it's hard to wait, but if you just give it 10 minutes. Well, and that's why you'll hear some people. I I like my steak bloody. Yeah. Well, this isn't that. Right. You have to eat raw steak to make it. Bloody. Get that. But yeah. that, so your dad doesn't like beef Wellington, for instance. No, he we made he a tenderloin. I, you know, I don't think I've actually made it for him. I know we've done beef Wellington. Some of our cooking classes, we yeah. do some online cooking classes, but I did make him a tenderloin uh, for Christmas and he took a bite and he said, nope. <laughs> really wanted it. He, wanted he likes his meat um, a little bit more chewy. Really? That's, <laughs> yes. Wow. Oh, oh, wow. Uh, and that's that's just fascinating. Yeah. Because uh, that's when I learned when the chef wouldn't cook it the way I wanted it. Oh yeah. So I, chef's choice. Okay, bring yeah. it to me. And I've had had uh, lunch one day at uh, in uh, in Florida at a, a, a Ramsey. Cook oh, a kitchen, yeah. hoping maybe they'll be here filming a nap. No, they didn't. No. And he wasn't there either, but also uh, had a Wellington and it was absolutely red. Yeah. I mean, you look at it and think, did they cook it at all? Yeah. It was absolutely delicious, absolutely tender, absolutely red in the middle, you know, brown and then right. red, uh, you know, about a silver dollar size of redness in this, uh, this uh, meat, it was absolutely breathtaking. Oh. You didn't even need a knife to cut it. Yeah. Well, usually, cause those are usually made with tenderloins. Um, and those are, you can't go wrong. So it doesn't matter if you buy a choice or a select. I'm making my own mouth water. Just <laughs> so this, and so what kind of beef, what kind of steak did you use? So the recipe, that recipe called for strip steaks, but I didn't find any in my grocery store. So I went with a sirloin. Um, and Usually when you're looking for a lean cut, you know, anything that ends in loin, like tenderloin, sirloin, those are going to be lean or round. Um, You know, when you're looking for round steaks, I have round. Those are your lean cuts as well. And top sirloin is just a really great. Well, and I'll tell you, anybody that's listening that likes to poke around uh, on educational sites or even even on YouTube, you look at uh, sites that will that uh, and then type in various beef cuts, because when you find out that a flank steak can be prepared and taste just as good as any really expensive steak. And then you go to the store and find out a flank steak is like, you know, 25 cents a ton. And my favorite sirloin is five cents an ounce. You know, you know, it's the the difference in price 
is phenomenal. The difference in flavor is not necessarily uh, that much different. You can right. really have an inexpensive piece of beef. You can. It tastes delish. Especially if you marinate it. I mean, you can take some of those lean or traditionally more tough cuts and marinate them and throw them on the grill. Low and, and slow, baby. Yes, yes. They end up being delish. And if you go to beefTips.com, our website, you can oh. type in those cuts um, and it'll show you where it is awesome, on the cow. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And tell you the and best ways of cooking it. Yes. Our you can't afford a ribeye. Try this instead. Yes. We have our steak swap and our roast swap guides on there oh, as well. there you go. Yeah. Are those guys like... Click on it and they talk to you or <laughs> just a quick PDF oh, okay. um, of them. But well, that works. Yeah, works too. They, we Answering used to, FAQs. Yes. I laugh because we used to have um, a little Chuck Nose Beef guy that yeah. would, um, I think it would talk. It was a little bit before sure. my time Hi, with the Beef Council. Can I help you with something? Yes. Some of yes. those websites do that kind they of thing. They do. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's cool. Any kind of, any time. And I'm not afraid to walk right up unless it's super busy in the meat counter, whether I'm at the butcher shop or at the grocery store and just ask. So I see that you have this piece of beef on sale. Tell me a little about that because I'm not familiar with where that came from. And they have the grocery store that I frequent has a big map in the oh. back of a cow with all the different, it's all cut out, you know, yeah. it's like a road map. Comes from here. The, the one you're used to eating comes from here. So they're almost exactly the same piece of meat. Yes. But this one, or in the difference, but what's the uh, uh, porterhouse? Oh, uh, the porterhouse is just this part of the steak that you eat all the time. Right. Right. I mean, porterhouse and T-bone are pretty yeah. much the same thing. Half of it, the larger half's your strip steak, the smaller half's your tenderloin. The biggest difference is the porterhouse has a bigger tenderloin right. on that side. Right. Than the T-bone. That's right. And by one, it's real expensive. By the other, it's not so expensive. Right. right. But they taste almost identical. Right. Depending on how you cook them. Yeah. On the grill till they're just barely red. I learned that's the same deal with tuna steaks and so forth. You know, oh, yeah. You want those red in the middle, too. Really? They look like, yeah, I know what they look like. Taste it. Oh, baby, so good. Good, good. Well, when it takes, only, when it takes 30 seconds to cook an inch-thick tuna steak, an ahi tuna steak that goes next to your, your uh, fresh corn on the cob and your piece of beef. Oh, surf and turf. Oh, baby, I love that. So what's next for you? Where are you going? Can we get you to come back anytime in particular? Or do we have to wait? Till you contact us and say, I'm back in your neighborhood. No, you guys just let me know. Love oh, to set it up. And I will do that. Yeah. I will we'll take a look at the calendar before you even leave. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming over and sharing. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for bringing food. Because <laughs> later on when you're not here, I'm going to take credit for it. Wow, this is delicious. Hey, where'd this come from? Oh, I, I, um, no, I, my head would explode. I'll give you all the credit, Caitlin, because everybody knows it came from you. We are Cooley Region Cooking, and we will be back next Thursday. I hope you will be, too. Hey, anytime you're looking for fabulous recipes, you heard about a guest that shared something fun, the Cooley Region Cooks Facebook page has all that information, the recipes and links to various places where you can learn more and more about good cooking, good fun. And if you want to wear it, if you are a proud member of the Cooley Region Cooks family, go to Big Muddy Tees. If you're not having fun in the kitchen, you're doing it wrong. A very popular t-shirt and the other one that's a favorite of mine. I didn't get this fat by saying no thank you. Would you like some of this? Of course. I didn't get this fat by saying no thank you. Two of the very most popular t-shirts available at Big Muddy Tees. And everybody will know that you're a big fan of Cooley Region Cooks. Cooley Region Cooks Facebook and Big Muddy Tees.